0: Wee! I'm a tiny podcast! Oh no, a breeze! Woo! Stay tuned.
1: Good day and welcome to Writers Get Animated, a podcast about animation, storytelling, And bringing back comic book characters from 1940. I'm Chris Leva, And I'm Mackenzie Worrell. And today we're talking about the new Netflix show, Harvey Street Kids. So, based on characters from the Harvey comics Ah. from 1940. So, we have characters that... Um, I've heard of and some that I haven't in this.
0: Going into this, I didn't realize that they were based off comic book characters. I learned that doing, uh, research for this podcast afterward. Really? And it made sense. Yeah. So like once, once I saw them, I'm like, oh yeah, I think I've seen those.
1: (laughs) So what is, um. Harvey, I know we just said what it is, but who is this for? Who is it made by? Tell us a little bit more, Mackenzie. Well,
0: it's the new Netflix TVY7 show from DreamWorks Animation. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So DreamWorks Animation um, in the Kristen Mackenzie book can do very little wrong
1: uh, because we keep talking about DreamWorks Animation shows on Netflix for this podcast. Yes, their television um, is pretty much as they say in one of the episodes, on fleek. Yes, on Uh, fleek. So their television is on fleek. While I disagree with some of their film work, their television stuff is typically pretty strong. Yeah, it's a lot of like adapting things that are
0: older or forgotten for modern audiences and Harvey Street Kids does that in a really satisfying way. You, if you didn't know this was based on anything, you're fine. You don't have to know anything. Mm. So, uh, Little Audrey, Little Dot, and Little Lotta are old comic book characters. And in this show, they are three friends who live on Harvey Street in like a cul-de-sac of a neighborhood. And solve the problems of the street and fight crime?
1: Yeah, they, they were billed as the Defenders, as the Harvey Street Girls. Which is what they were... They were known as the Harvey Girls um, way back when they were popular. Um, But Little Audrey is the only one who really um, got big in terms of notoriety from that group of of characters. Uh, There are some Little Audrey shorts. They're not uh, appropriate anymore, really. Um, Sounds right. I will look for one and see if we can post it in our show notes so you can experience a little bit of Little Audrey. Um, maybe a clip. I don't know. We'll see what's out there. But I remember watching those um, as a kid and being like, what is this? <laughs> like, this is a little not right. They're probably all problematic
0: in different ways because it was the 40s. Yes. Um But one of the things I really like about the show and learning its background is they've adapted the original spirit of all three of those girls into what they are on this show. Yes. So Audrey has, like, this feral dedication to what she does. And in the original comics, Dot was obsessed with polka dots. And here she's obsessed with everything. So, like, science and history and polka dots. Um, And Lotta, I think, at face value is probably the most problematic in the original Mm -hmm. comics. Of just like this big girl who likes to eat. Mm-hmm. And instead they interpret that as Lotta is um, still an above average sized girl. But she has lots of heart. She has a lot to give.
1: Yes. She's just... She has an overabundance of energy and optimism. Just That's her passion. So so, I love Lotta. I think Lotta was my favorite. Um, but they didn't... They never really said her name. Like she and Dot, I, I, got, I had to watch another episode before I understood what their names were. They never really talked about who they were. And I know that you don't in a show have to go, yes, Lada, yes, Dot, yes, Audrey, as a way to teach people what their names are. But I don't remember in the first episode that we watched learning what their names were. I almost mm-hmm. had I, I can't remember distinctly. I think they say it like once each, but it's really easy
0: to miss. Yeah. See, the other episode that I watched later in the show was two shorts about Lotta, mm. um, and so I got a lot of I got a lot of Lotta out of that.
1: <laughs> so, could you tell us a little bit more about this world, this cul de sac? What's the What's the overall feeling that we get from the show? This.
0: Um, this show, and I mean this entirely in a good way, this feels like Ed, Ed, and Eddie, but made not for early 2000s boys.
1: Mm. It's made for current day everybody. Mm. I, I can sense that. I can mm. sense that. Um, you found a great quote from Brendan Hay, um, who's yeah, I- a showrunner. I think what inspired me to suggest this is I just saw this
0: pop up in my feed on Twitter from Brendan Hay, and it's just, our crew all wanted to live on a block as fun, colorful, inclusive, and welcoming as Harvey Street. So we went ahead and created one. I was like, well, that's a promising way to sell this show that I haven't heard of yet.
1: (laughs) So we watched it for the podcast so you too can hear of it. And hopefully, since it's on Netflix, you can go out – on your Netflix subscription or boom one off your parents, um, and watch, um, a couple episodes. I think it's worthwhile. I think it's very worthwhile to check out. Um, one of the first questions that I had before we get into some of our, um, analysis, looking at specific episodes, one of the big questions I have is since we now know that it's based on an old property, you know, Several old characters from from the '40s, and you said watching it, you didn't realize that they were. Um, I could sort of tell that they were. Um, I was like, these kids look like Richie Rich. Like that's yeah. that's the only thing that I got. I'm like, why do they look like Richie Rich? And it wasn't. A, I was like, there's something going on here. <laughs> they they all look like Richie Rich. And then, like, I kept hearing Audrey, Audrey. I'm like, that's not little Audrey, is it? That's not little Audrey. Um, And and it was. Um, But she's not called little Audrey anymore. But uh, what does it do for a show to go back to something that most people, if not all people of your target audience... (laughs) What, what does it mean to go back to a property that none of them will know and pull it and use it as the basis of your show? What does that accomplish? What does that do? Hmm. And I don't know if it's a rhetorical question, but what, what advantage does that have?
0: It gives you a basis. You don't have to invent something completely brand new. I know that you feel similarly. I always feel like adaptation is really interesting work mm-hmm. because you get something that already exists and works and then adapting it, it's finding the things that you already like in it. So it's starting with, I'm trying to think it's a good metaphor here. Um, if you're trying to learn how to bake a cake that's unique to you and is like a signature dish. Um, you can find a recipe you already like and start with that and have some of the basics. Like, okay, I make fluffiness by adding eggs and flour. Great. And then you kind of interpret that as you will after that point.
1: Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I did when I had vegan friends over and had to make tofu. That's like, well, how do I make tofu? And then I will add my Puerto Rican spices to it. But it's like but I have to first understand the foundation of how to do this particular thing. So I can kind of buy the idea of using these characters as a foundation, because why not? Um, I know it also sends those people, that audience back to the source material. It's like, let's, let's get them back to that source material. I don't know if that's a good idea or a bad idea to see <laughs> um, to like, let's let's bring back up little dot or little Lotta, you know. I think she had little Lotta had a a series that was like Lotta in Lunchland or something like that. And it's like, oh, is this really what we want people to go back to? And I don't I don't feel like we do want I don't think this series wants people to go back to the source material. I, I don't think it does, which is why they're, they're not called Little Audrey or any of those things. They, they're defining them differently here. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what it does other than, well, we don't have to make up new things <laughs> to go back and grab these characters. I suppose it gives you a whole universe of kids that you don't have to make up.
0: I guess, but it, I mean, like anything original still borrows from other things. There's things that you sure. like and ideas that you borrow and concepts. And if you're doing this loose of an interpretation of something that nobody knows, you could just straight up say, it's this. It doesn't matter. We're not hiding where we got these ideas from. Um, I don't think it really impacts the show either way if they had different names and they pretended that this wasn't inspired by the Harvey comics, Mm -hmm. I wouldn't change my opinions at all. I don't think I would feel like it was a different show. It's just kind of like a neat little, like, Oh, that's a thing.
1: Okay. Mm -hmm. So it adds a little spice for people who are in the know, but not really necessarily much else. Yeah. I mean, it does allow them for maybe later on to bring in Casper. Or Richie mm. Rich, and bring in the big name characters. Um, I suppose it allows for some reinvention like that, which might be might be fun to see. We get to you know if maybe then Richie Rich gets a spinoff. Who knows? I know they've been trying for a while to get get Richie Rich to work. Um, <laughs> <laughs> unafforded climate for richie rich i really don't think we are um i don't know if you watched the most recent episode of ducktales that came out uh most recent as of this recording i did yes but i really don't think we're ready for richie rich to come back um uh, talk about reinventing a character from the original uh
0: Oh, was that a character from the original DuckTales? Oh, we're yes. off track now.
1: Oh, no. Yes, we thank can you revisit Chris this after. <laughs> so, yes, going into this, I really didn't know anything about it, but after watching it, I was really intrigued to go in and research what they were thinking. <laughs> what were they thinking? I wanted to know what they were thinking, what they were doing, and what are the main things that they talked about? Um, I guess we go back to um, Brendan Hay, who said in an interview that a lot of the stories are not based on things that happened in the Harvey comics. It's just based on their experiences as kids. And so they may have a couple of little references to something from Harvey comics, but for the most part, they're not going back to get story ideas of, hey, let's reinvent this story. Let's tell this story again. It's just, no, we know that that happened. I'm not, it's these characters and let's move forward with them. So there's no backstory to tell.
0: Mm-hmm. And that's fine. Unlike another reinvention that we just mentioned, DuckTales, it's like there is a lot of backstory and you don't need to know it going in, but they're going to visit all of that potential backstory. <laughs> And that's not a read on DuckTales. I like that a lot, but I also like Harvey Street Kids where there's none of that.
1: Right. What I'm you get is what you get. <laughs> and also it's told in as and as we've talked about in our review of 2017 shows about the two different kinds of shows that you get in terms of time. You get your 11-minute episodes and you get your 22 minute episodes. And this is of the 11 minute episode, which I think it's perfect for. I think the kinds of stories it's telling, I don't think it can hold up in a 22 minute episode format. 11 is perfect. Maybe even seven, who knows, but um, that's not really done. But 11 minute, I think is probably right around where it should be for the show. Mm -hmm. And it's great. It feels very, like, 90s,
0: early 2000s. And I mean this, again, all in a very good way.
1: Mm Mm-hmm. I think a lot of it comes from the the pacing and some of the character design and just how boisterous the characters are. It feels very exaggerated, yelling, (laughs) I'm forget it's not a judgment on it by any means, but characters are very excitable and passionate and ready to go to war about stuff and they're shouting and um things are a little gross. You know, we get a lot of spitballs, a lot of boogers, and I don't know why boogers bother me, but like something, Yeah. Something about boogers that I'm just like uh, this is a little far. And yet with all that,
0: the dialogue still cuts deep. And I think I credit a lot of that to Brendan Hayes' background, writing headlines for The Daily Show and working on America, the book with Jon Stewart. Mm-hmm. And my favorite thing, no spoilers, for the end of this episode, I think is very relevant to that background. I'm going to guess that Brendan had a hand in that. <laughs> um, but there's lots of like really sharp dialogue. We have to pause and like
1: laugh for a second and then resume the show. Um, my wife caught one of the episodes that I was watching mm. And she said, this is, she's like, wow, this is a great show for adults. And I said, oh, no, this is Y7. And she's like, for kids? I'm like, yes, <laughs> yes, for kids. She didn't believe me that it was a, a kids' show. Um, so for me, I think seven might be a little little young for it. I think it, it, it does scale a little older, personally. Well, it's
0: like it's like the Disney G rating. yeah this is appropriate for kids that young,
1: but all ages will get something out of it. And she's like, most of this stuff is going to go over their heads. I was like, yeah, but they're going to get the booger stuff. Like (laughs) they're like, they're going to understand what's going on with the kids and the um, trading, which we'll get into. Like, they're going to understand the concepts. Yes. The storytelling is a little bit more sophisticated. Um, Dialogue, especially is a little bit more sophisticated than seven years old, but it's, I think it does allow for that range. So you don't have to have a seven year old in your house to watch this show and have a good time. Mm -hmm.
0: And in fact, if we can get into episode one and the first part, war on trees, if that's okay. Oh, that'd be great. So Perfect. Well, what I want to say about that, of you don't need to know all of this stuff is, while there's not a traditional like first episode where they introduce everybody and people meet, um, the first episode kicks off with everything you need to know in like ten seconds. These are the Harvey Street Girls. They kick some raccoons away from the ice cream, and they love ice cream. And they have a rival with the Bluey Boys. Done. Go. <laughs> <laughs> that's the entire
1: premise. Yes, that's that's about all you need to know. And all the kids respect them. Um, the thing we did watch, um, together, not together, but we watched the same episode. We both watched episode one, which was split war in trees slash trade wreck. And then we split up and watched different episodes. So which episode did you watch? Other I also,
0: episodes? I, I, when we do this, I read through the Netflix descriptions and see what sounds most interesting. So I watched episode eight which is split between a matter of life and BFF and cheer and present danger. And the second one of that, they invent a holiday, which I have done as well in my personal life. And so I'm a sucker for
1: that, which is why I chose episode eight. (laughs) Um, I chose episode 10, which is Elder Skelter and um, a more perfect reunion. Um, And I chose those because I was hoping to get more of Elder Bobby. Uh, Elder Bobby, so great. There's some Elder Bobby in the episode I watched too. So, and as uh, a side note,
0: we didn't watch this episode. Neither one of us watched it, but there's apparently a boy band episode that's supposed to be excellent as well. So, toot to boy band episode,
1: even though we haven't seen it, <laughs> I might go back and watch it. <laughs> um, because I I had fun watching it. You know, I may not. I may not watch all the episodes ravenously and, you know, binge watch and get excited for season two, but, you know, I had a good time watching this and I think, I I don't know. I think it was fun and I think people are going to enjoy it. So should we get into a little bit more in episode one? I know that you talked about the setup happens in 10 seconds um, with raccoons overtaking (laughs) the ice cream truck. Yes, and the fight that ensues, and maybe they do say their names in that moment, and I just was confused about raccoons.
0: <laughs> yeah, raccoons are a thing now. I don't know if that's a hipster animal currently, but there's a lot of raccoons in pop culture.
1: There was it was in Incredibles 2. Like what? Raccoons are big, man. Mm-hmm. Like <clears throat> well, they're small, but you know. Yeah, relatively. If you're a kid, they're they're pretty
0: big. Yeah. Um, so in the first episode uh, with War and Trees and Trade Wreck, you get a couple concepts of some of the side characters. You meet the Bloogie Boys, who are their rivals, which there's a lot of booger stuff there that grosses out Chris and I, but the girls seem <laughs> fine with. They're not playing into like stereotypes of like,
1: oh, girls don't like boogers. Ew, Just, oh no, they're shooting spitballs at me. They're like, they're avoiding it because they're in war. It's a yeah. battle.
0: They'll do the same thing back if they have to.
1: Yeah. But they don't fight dirty. <laughs> the note that I made about this episode, which was really funny. I don't know why. But the note I wrote was, there's an awful lot of talking. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's the yes. note that I wrote. Um, and I didn't mean that in a bad way. I just meant like there is a lot of dialogue in a short amount of time that you would not expect for a show for younger viewers. Um, I think there's so much stuff that they're just saying and it's rapid fire and it's a joke that doesn't, that misses a joke that lands, a joke that misses, a joke that lands, a joke that lands, a joke that misses, it just, they don't wait for it. It's a little bit like um, arrested development in that sense. (laughs) So yes, but with less layering, yeah. Right, but with the thing that they said about Arrested Development, the creation process of it was they wrote long, so they wrote maybe a twenty-five episode, twenty-five minute episode, and they said, "Great, cut it down to make it fit twenty-two, but don't cut any jokes." Like that was their mission, and so it's just jam-packed. They cut everything else out and left the jokes, and it feels a little bit like that. In I'm not. And this is not a bad thing. It feels like that, where it's just, we have 11 minutes. And in those 11 minutes, we're just going to keep going. And then at the end, it will be the end. <laughs> we're just going to go. There's very little stop and breathe moments. It's just, we're going to go to this action, this action. A character's going to make a decision really quick. And then we're going to keep moving. And they're going to talk them th- through a character, um, Reversal, and then they're going to go through and just keep going. Well, I think that's partly like the
0: 11-minute format. Mm -hmm. That's just how that works. Like, it didn't feel too off-base for me from, like, other 11-minute formats. Again, of, like, 90s, early 2000s. I think more modern 11-minute formats tend to have less action in them and more character development but they tend to be a little bit higher entry level than like a tv y7 show i'm thinking of like steven universe yeah um, not kid appropriate but we talked about agaritsuko recently mm-hmm. in the 11 minute format <laughs>
1: <laughs> also on netflix yes not for kids the the one thing that i thought about character wise like i love the the Harvey girls, those three girls. And I appreciate that they made, um, dot African-American because I feel like one of them had to be a different race as, mm-hmm. uh, um, it, it had to happen. You can't bring, you couldn't bring these characters wholesale from the forties. Um, but the thing that I had trouble with was, I feel like the male characters, the bluey Boys, were not as well thought out as the girls. I feel like their depiction of those three boy characters, there are other male characters that are great, which we'll get into. Um, Tiny, um, Elder, Elder Bobby... But I feel like those main three main characters just felt really old to me. Old-fashioned. I'm fine with that. You're fine I mean, at with least, that. I am, I am. At least for okay. a first
0: episode, not having seen the rest of the show yet. Because um, we don't want to... I, I mean, I think for worse, the default character in a show is often like the white male kid. And I don't think that they want the audience to empathize and identify with the boys this early on. You want to get to know the girls first and focus on them. Mm-hmm. This, is this big director hand of like, you're going to get to know the main girls, the Harvey girls, because that's the point of the show. And that's what this is. And then maybe, and I'm speculating, if there's more character development for the boys later, I'm fine with that. But you have to train the audience to get to know the girls first and not the side characters. You can't start Futurama
1: and give us Zoidberg in the first episode. Well, may I ask a question then? Yes. Why is the show called Harvey Street Kids instead of the Harvey Girls?
0: That I can't answer for you. Ah ha But the Harvey <laughs> Girls are the ones in the intro. It's their show. I know it's their show. I, I understand I think it's a marketing, if you call it Harvey Girls, then they're going to feel like it's a show marketed toward girls, and we still live in an environment where there are boys who won't watch that.
1: Or a Netflix documentary about Harvey Weinstein. (laughs) Which is
0: definitely not what the show is. (laughs) Although every time I've tried to Google anything
1: about it, Google always suggests Harvey Weinstein first. Harvey Girls. Harvey Street Harvey, Harvey Kids. Harvey, okay, this is bad. <laughs> All quotes, Harvey Street Kids. If Use I had one note
0: for the show, it's to make the world a better place where this doesn't happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Which is what they're trying to do. We need to reclaim the word Harvey. <laughs> Harvey used oh. to be about rabbits and comic strips and now... And theater. And theater. I really hope they listen to this episode. <laughs> <laughs> we need—that's our word. We need to reclaim Harvey. Um, <laughs> what were we talking about? Yes. So the boys. That's that's the only thing that I felt in the first episode, and you're right. Maybe later on they could change and get a little bit more. I did appreciate um, that. Um, they were also not default white. Yes. I, I appreciated that. Um, Melvin. It's a, sh-
0: it's a show that's diverse. Diversive. Diverse. Just <laughs> made up a new word that I don't agree with. Diverse and inclusive.
1: <laughs> yes. It's diverse. Both. Um My wife was really confused about pink eye. She's like, what's going on with his eye? I'm like, he's pink eye. He is pink eye? Yes, he is pink eye and he has pink eye. And he obviously doesn't have parents because they would get that treated, I would hope. But (laughs) what I love is that, is it what... I mean, it defines him, but it doesn't
0: define him, which is kind of the underlying message for everything on the street, diversity-wise. It's like, we all accept him for who they are. Like... (laughs) Fredo, I forget what Fredo liked. Fredo likes math homework. And Pink Eye has alopecia. <laughs> <laughs> that was one of those, like,
1: pause and laugh things. <laughs> we accept them for who they are. <laughs> it's like, ouch. <laughs> so. In the second part of the episode, which I liked a lot more. I know you're dying to talk about Bobby, the elder, the trade wreck episode where the concept is, there's a tree where all the kids get to go and they've set up their own barter system. They can go and they can trade and get the things that they actually want by giving away things they don't want. Um, but it's all ruled by the great Bobby the Elder.
0: Rule number one. No baxies. Rule number two. No living thingsies. Rule number three. Most importantly, no fakesies. When you break even one of those rules, you are banned
1: for an hour, which I hear feels like forever. The delivery of it, I just, I just fell in love with this character who has a staff and a whistle thing and just like so aged and learned. And then we come to find out that the big reveal is, I mean, he has white hair and we come to find out that he's a year older than everybody else. He's elder.
0: Yeah, Bobby the Elder is a great character. I don't know if it's based on
1: a Harvey Comics character or not. I searched, but um, usually if you search um, Bobby the Elder, you get a lot of Mormon articles. (laughs) Okay. So, yeah. There might be another. I also did find Harvey Comics. There was a character, Bobby Sheldon, who it might be. Shelby. Shelby. Bobby Shelby, the who might it might be, but I'm but I'm not certain. So I'll have to go back and look. Or we could just ask on Twitter, or we could ask them on this show, because, hey, they're going to listen to it, right? Yeah, totally. 100%. So, 100%. Because this show, as they say in America, is on fleek. <laughs> I don't want to live in this America anymore. <laughs> I don't know... I think about only twenty-eight percent do. Um, (laughs) So let's let's talk about what we get in *Trade Wreck* in terms of character. Uh, You get this amazing.
0: First of all, the part of this episode that I love and made note of um, is that the Harvey girls take like this very. Mabel of Gravity Falls approached like Lisa Frank and they're trying to collect these dolls for the hornicorns <laughs> which is a unicorn, a narwhal and a horned like pink leopard that are best friends. It's so Lisa Frank and so perfect. I want to have all 3 of them. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I want my hornicorn pop funkos. Oh man, <laughs> yes. Ah. Oh, so good. And they're trying to get
0: these and they're like doing this complicated like Legend of Zelda side quest trading story thing to get these action figures slash dolls.
1: Well, they were going to get them and then one the person who had them traded them away. And then the next person traded them to somebody else. And then they ended up with Pink Eye, who was just going to give them to Melvin so he could destroy them. Like you do. And they they said they would have been okay with other kids getting them and playing with them, but not with somebody destroying them. Mm -hmm. So they they end up breaking a fundamental rule. No fakesies. Yes. What are the three rules of the trading tree, Chris? The three rules are no givebacks. So no backsies. You can't take it back what you trade. Once you trade, it's traded. No live Z's. I think that's what it's like. No, no living thingsies. No living thingsies. So you can't give somebody a living thing, like a raccoon in a dress and call it a doll. Raccoons come back. Um, and then the the third one is no fake So you can't give something that's fake. And Melvin has been banished at the beginning of the episode for an hour which feels like forever which i I love that that gag it's another great line which i heard feels like forever (laughs) you've been banned for an hour for pawning off red dyed sponge cake as red velvet cake and everybody knows the difference even the raccoons So, um, but they actually make a fake of a (laughs) um, knockoff Pokemon card, like veggie hero something card (laughs) that they give him. And he becomes a princess and with that card and no one can beat him with that card. But it's a fake card. It doesn't have the seal of authenticity. I don't know why
0: Pokemon cards became like a plot element in 2018 animated shows, but I'm totally all about it. (laughs) I'm living my best like adult life of the kid who played all the Pokemon cards. Like collect them for a long time. Still have them sitting under my TV over there in two boxes. (laughs)
1: Loving it. And you probably have a spreadsheet of which ones you have.
0: I haven't made that yet, but I should, you're right.
1: Oh no, what have I done? (laughs)
0: <laughs> um, yeah so it's it's. I don't know I was trying to think of another example of an episode that of another show that might be similar to this trade wreck kind of thing where they upset the natural order of things I, I couldn't think of a good similar example but it's a real done plot where the girls ultimately they're their own bad guys they have to
1: take ownership of what they did And Because of what they they wanted. And I was like, the nice thing about these kid characters is that, like kids, in the moment, they don't realize what they're doing is going to have repercussions. They just see, oh, I need this to happen, or I want this, and we're going to do it, and I'm not going to face it, and we'll be fine. And once they break the rules and somebody else sees them break the rules, then it just becomes, it goes downhill really fast. I think it takes five minutes, they say. Like, we were only gone like five minutes. (laughs) But it it just breaks down and the whole, everything that they've created, the whole structure is just gone. And then they have the realization of, we did this, we caused this.
0: And it's great. And then I think Pink Eye winds up with the dolls and he loves them.
1: Yes. He decides to keep them <clears throat> and play with them, which is fine by the, you know, the Harvey girls are fine with that. That's going to be fine. It was that they were going to be destroyed and massacred and the poster talks to them. That was a great, <laughs> great moment. <Yes. laughs> Narwala, No. <clears throat> <clears throat> Tell me a little bit about the episode eight and some of the things that you experienced from episode eight. Well, since we didn't both watch it, I won't
0: go into too much detail. Right. Um, The first short, A Matter of Life and BFF, um, I thought did something that I really liked. And it's all about friendship bracelets and their supernatural powers of keeping them friends forever. (laughs) Um, And what happens if you break that? And what I really like about this is it's, taking this this kid concept and putting all of the stakes on this uh because at that time that is what matters the most that's the point of life that's what they have there are no other greater stakes it's their friendship hmm. um so i really liked that it was about that core element of the show and who cares the most lada uh cuz she's a lot to give um, when the friendship bracelets break and what, shall, what lengths she'll go to <laughs> to maintain that friendship and what um, dark rituals should perform to ensure their friendship lasts forever <laughs> and Dot says something like ceremonial robes are in this year <laughs> some great stuff there and then uh, cheer in present danger uh, they invent a holiday to celebrate friends day which they announced to all of the kids in the block. So they're all getting presents for each other. So it's this cute, like, background character development to see who's friends and who gets presents for each other. Um, and because the gift exchange of, like, one gift per one person, the Harvey girls ultimately do, like, this weird uh, drawing of names to see who gets who. And they can't tell each other. And Lada gets herself. And so it's about the other two trying to get a gift for each other and competing to get bigger and bigger gifts. And Lada just trying to figure out, what does it mean to get herself a gift as a best friend for Friends Day? <laughs> so it's cute. There's some throwaways. There's some good Bobby the Elder stuff in there, because I know you're into that. Yeah. He gets a sweater with elbow pads and how it makes him look smarter. <laughs> so that's what I got and what
1: I took out of that. That's how awesome. about your episode? So... In episode eleven, Elder Skelter, um, you have Bobby the Elder realizing um, he saw a bumper sticker. Yoko, you only you're only a kid once, <laughs> and he realized that maybe he's you know forgotten what it's like to be a kid, and so he gives up being an elder so he can go back to trying to be a kid. Um, and he has a test to find a new who will be the new elder. And He lays out all this stuff on a table and people who have to come up to pick the right item of what will be, who will be the elder. Very Holy grail. Yeah, exactly. And so I think Melvin goes up and he chooses a button and it's an air horn button. It's like, burr, burr, burr. and I was, I was triggered. I was like, <laughs> it's like not the air horn, not the air horn. <laughs> um Just like, just blasting that. And then other kids would come up and like grab the wrong thing. And somebody comes up and they're like, yes, I I choose nothing. It was just a great little throwaway. It's like, choose nothing. It's like, you choose nothing, like nothing. And she's like, yes, because an elder has to be, you know, give up all, you know, possessions and can't do this. He's like, no, that's wrong. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just like, it seems like, oh, oh, so you're choosing nothing. It was just a really great moment. Um, and then Audrey wins. she becomes the elder, and just her going through all this stuff to um like what it's like to da- daily be an elder, like checkbook. you have to answer everyone's questions and you have to listen to other people's problems. and you have to document what happened the da- that day. and she's being selfless and it's, it was just interesting, but she did it for the power. Like I want to be powerful. I want to have the power. Um, so it's a fun Audrey-based episode. Um, it does have my favorite thing in there, which we'll talk about. But um, just seeing Bobby the Elder trying to be a kid again and do all the fun things that kids do—they're um, playing, they're playing tag, and he's like, "You're it!" And he tags somebody. He's like.
0: It was easy once I realized the game is a metaphor for the good and bad inside each of us. We're all it and not it at some point.
1: Oh, man. And everyone's like, oh, we all will be it at one point. Like, everyone just realized we are all it. It's just, <laughs> oh, it was a really high-quality joke. Um... <laughs> Uh, So I recommend um, Elder Skelter. Um, Then the next one was um, a a more perfect reunion, which was a Dot-focused one where Dot's going to her preschool reunion, her five-year preschool reunion, um, going back. And she is... um, She has her rival there. And... She's trying to one up her rival by, you know, she's had all these accomplishments and she's created these new laser headbands and she's trying to, trying to show up her rival, but her rival's been in Kidapolitan magazine already. (laughs) And it's like, oh no, like, so she, she makes up all this stuff. That she's done and everyone's like, wait, I thought you said you were on a book tour here and you were doing this. And so you go through, she goes through all these bigger, crazier lies to, and she's like then, and that's how it justifies all these other things I've said. So she's, (laughs) it's just like this giant thing at some point, she's essentially like a, a Norwegian princess. And I get princess from Norway. And they're like, oh, so you would have been really good friends with our exchange student in preschool, this guy. And, and there's Preschool
0: like, exchange student? Right.
1: Exactly. From Norway. And he's like, like, well it's a good thing he's not here. It's like, no, I am here. And he like shows up and he's like, it's like, oh, it's good to see you, my sovereign. Like, could you please like uh, honor me? Uh, with uh, our national anthem from Norway. And she's like, ah, so she has to do all this stuff. And um, Lotta is trying to help Dot lie, but she says, when I lie, my ears sweat and just her ears start sweating profusely because you have to have one, like, gross joke. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But it's just really funny, these lies. And finally, when it comes out, it's a, a good character thing. It's just, it just—it just takes that—that that sitcom trope of saying one lie and then having to back it up by lying more, lying more, lying more, lying more. It just gets so big, um, where she's you know invented the cure for hiccups and all yes. this other stuff and you know things that kids would be like oh really proud of, but. It's a really fun Dot-centric episode. Dot or Audrey? Dot. Dot. Oh, okay. Interesting. And what is also interesting is at the beginning of those, which I didn't notice for the first two episodes, but um, the Elder Skelter episode had Audrey's face before the theme song, and then the other one had Dot's face in front of it. Almost like... You know, before a Mickey Mouse cartoon, you get Mickey's face. Yeah. It's like, oh, so this is going to be a Dot-centric one. That's cool.
0: I got a lot of face on one of them. A lot. A face of Lotta. Okay. I was like, whose face, though? (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of it. Um, No, I thought it was cute. It's a nice throwback to, like,
1: the era that they're from. Mm Mm-hmm. So, I, I enjoyed myself. I had a lot of laughs. Yeah, I, I toot the show. <laughs> Recommended. Did you have a specific favorite thing from any of the things that you watched?
0: I did. It's a dot line, and I legitimately had to pause and like laugh really hard because it came out of left field. It's a thinker. So they're performing this dark ritual on the friendship bracelets to make them <laughs> like last forever. And then a uh, lot is upset that it's not... Like, that the friendship bracelet's broken, that it's not together. And Dot tries to reassure her, like,
1: That's just a silly superstition. Like, step on a crack, break your mother's back, or come in first in the Iowa caucus and win the general election in November. These things have no basis in reason. It's
0: so, like, high-level, like, adult joke of the moment and of the time. It's like,
1: wait, what? (laughs) Did they say that? (laughs) (laughs) What was your favorite thing? Mine is on the opposite end. <laughs> uh, it's a lower joke, but still funny they um so it's during what was it? It was during Elder Skelter and Bob the elder they're taking him to a bounce house, so like this is our last chance to to help him um learn what it's like to be a kid again, and so he starts they're in the bounce house and but it's starting to deflate because their time is up. And Audrey goes in like, no, we have to be in the bounce house. I want to bounce. It's fine. Let's stay in here. And it starts collapsing. (laughs) I can't even remember who shouts it, but someone shouts.
0: The house, it's bouncing back.
1: Ah! (laughs) (laughs) It's just a really, it's a really silly joke. (laughs) The house is bouncing back. I love it. Oh, and it just, it's just the one that made me laugh the most. I mean, everything else cracked me up, but that joke, the house is bouncing back, just, I don't know, just so low level it got me. It
0: This show, man, like, when you're not expecting it, it has
1: some good wordplay and deep cutting jokes. Oh, they also did have a a wordplay, a joke about the wordplay, where Bob the Elder says, you know, being, um, oh, he says something about being an elder. And he says, but, and it's a, and I have a big but, and, he, and everyone starts laughing and he says, oh, oh, I, wordplay, I see. <laughs> 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 and I have a big but. He's <laughs> just like, oh. Oh, wordplay. Ah, oh, wordplay. <laughs> Love it.
0: So, awesome. Okay. Well, that's a wrap on Harvey Street Kids. Should we talk about uh, next time? Let's.
1: For your homework in celebration of the 30th anniversary of the film, Who Framed Roger Rabbit? We ask you to watch the animated short, Tummy Trouble. Starring Roger Abbott and Baby Herman. It, it showed in front of Honey, I Shrunk the Kids. So there are ample ways for you to find it and watch it. Tummy Trouble. Yeah. As always, we want to say thank you to Nigel Coutinho, our engineer, and thank you to Jacob Reed for our theme music.
0: If you have uh, thoughts uh, about this episode or any of our other ones, um, you can find us on Twitter at WG Animated or on Facebook, facebook.com bl- 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 slash WG Animated. Um, and you can find all of our show notes on Tumblr, writersgetanimated.tumblr.com. I have no deep cutting joke here.
1: Neither do crime. I.
0: A nothing as clever as Harvey Street kids after all this.
1: <laughs> I just I guess we just say goodnight everybody. Good night everybody. <laughs>